0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Path to the Pros season two. Uh, For those just tuning in, uh, this is a podcast series where I sit down with some of the most talented and successful execs in sports and entertainment, learning about their journey so far, the path to success, as well as career-related industry topics as well. Today, I'm sat with Chad Cardinal, uh, the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Operations with the Aspire Group. Chad, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks a lot, Samir. Appreciate what you're doing to the podcast and eager for the opportunity to visit.
0: Good stuff, man. So kicking off with a question, I always like to get these things kicked off with. And um, take us back to the earlier part of your career, Chad. Um, for those listening, um, give us the journey of how you've got to where you are today.
1: Very good. Yeah. Uh gosh, it's it's almost 20 years in now. My first job was my high school or my college athletic department. So I was holding cords for the radio department as we were broadcasting the game over the oh, air, wow. and um, you know setting up the field after or setting up the field before and tearing it down afterwards. And then the summers, I got an internship with my league baseball team about two hours where I'm from in Minneapolis. So that was kind of my start in uh, in sport uh, in my college years. And you know through those good experiences, I studied sport management and exercise science. Uh, once I graduated. I, uh, I was lucky enough to find a job in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, as an entry-level part-time salesperson for the Minnesota Timberwolves and links to the NBA and WNBA. And so I spent about four years in that role as an individual performer. I was exposed to a lot of different areas of the business and uh, stayed on the revenue path for eight, nine years in in leadership thereafter. And then the last seven or eight, I've been on the agency side of things with a kind of broad perspective of Revenue and partnership base, but also exposure and oversight of strategy, analytics and marketing as well. So, but it all started back um, holding cords as a radio uh, intern uh, for my college athletic department.
0: Nice. The, the, the dream start, right? I think if you get that opportunity at college, it kind of sets you up for for the rest of your career from there. And talk us through that journey because you've obviously worked with some some amazing uh, properties over the years. You've obviously got the Bruins, uh, the the Timberwolves, in Kansas City. Um, you know some pretty big names out there. Just talk to us through that kind of career path, how each opportunity kind of presented itself, and whether there was, I guess, a conscious effort throughout any of that that led you to any of those opportunities.
1: The conscious effort, probably not so much early on in my career. You know, it was just naive and wasn't thinking more than you know a week at a time. Now I probably think <laughs> in decades and years uh, as it relates to my career. I'm comfortable delaying gratification a lot more now in my upper 30s than I was probably in my early 20s. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I spent about four years with the with the Timberwolves and Lynx and um our senior director on the wool side of things joined the MLS League Office. And um, I had a good relationship with him and we kept in touch and uh, he was head of club services and uh, he came to me one day and said, there's an opportunity. Uh, there's three entry level manager positions in major league soccer. Would you be interested in exploring any of them? Uh, I I thought management w- was what was next for me, just because the energy I got from training young reps or celebrating their successes, it felt like management was the path for me. The um, long story short I had the opportunity to interview for those three jobs. and I was fortunate enough to land uh, in Kansas city and had a great, um, couple of years there experienced two different cultures, uh, under two different leaderships, two different brands. We were Kansas city wizards originally playing at a community America ballpark, which is my only baseball stadium. And now it's awesome to see what it's become, you know, unbelievable, solid streaks, great sales culture, producing great people. Um, I've actually referred to the Boston Bruins from a sales trainer. We had at sporting KC. Um, He recommended me, his name is Charlie Cheslaghi, a famous sales trainer in America here. Uh, He recommended me to the Boston Bruins, and that was an opportunity to uh, oversee ticket sales for the the hockey team. And then um, the arena side of things, so the TD Garden. So tennis, gymnastics, circus, Disney on ice, UFC, we kind of did it all. And that was fortunate my last two years, dude. You know, earn the responsibility to do celtics premium as well so we we were lucky we had our plates full but it was a great place to be in a uh, boston was a sports town um, i never took for granted how how, how um, great it was to be there and then about uh eight years ago um you know, i got a call from the aspire group to help build the west coast um through the sport man or through uh, the fan relationship management division which is ticket sales sponsorship donation um, You know, I had known the company leadership informally through my NBA days, um, and I kept an eye on them from a distance and, um, was pretty aware of their brand and how they went about their business and how people talked about them. Um, so I was eager at the right opportunity to join the Aspire group and, you know, over the last eight years, been lucky enough to earn additional responsibilities and, uh, join our HQ staff here today. So now we're fired up to be PlayFly Aspire employees and, uh, we really like what we can offer, and we really like what uh, how we can do it too.
0: Nice. I think that 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 last component there that you just mentioned. What what has it been like joining a business like the Aspire Group? Um, you know, a sales director. You know, you'd you'd obviously done a good job and had the relevant experience to get there, but then working your way up all the way through to an SVP. You know, part of the leadership team, and then ultimately going through. Um, you know, the recent event with with PlayFly. How's that been for you? And you know, just kind of talk us through that that journey in a in an articulate way, but at the same time, you know we we'd love to learn a little more.
1: yeah, happily. thanks for asking. I mean, I think part one of your question, I mean, what really opened my eyes to business was I went to business school. So my boss, as part of my annual performance review, recommended that I get an MBA. He did it, and I could see it directly from him how much he was improving almost week to week by it. And that was really inspiring to me. And I had been thinking about business school for years, but you know, getting from 0% to 98% was pretty easy, getting 99 to 100% was difficult. Um, but he got me there through his example and then um, what I was you know, experiencing and seeing from him. So going to business school, I realized, hey, I could be really interested in things that are non-revenue. I'm interested in how what the strategy works. What's the analytics piece? How does the brand affect what we're doing stuff? So Created great exposure to me because I was the only revenue person in my cohort. Everybody else, um, you know, I went to Pepperdine. Uh, so our campus was in the Silicon Valley. It was a lot of tech. There was people from Instagram and Facebook. There was hospitality there. There's a lot of healthcare as well, but I was the only revenue person. So it was the first time in a long time, you know, being the minority in the room in terms of my skill set. Yeah. So that really broadened me out. Um, and luckily the Aspire Group cares enough about people to be thinking about what's next in their career before they are. So they expose me to a lot of different pieces of the business. So lucky for me, I'm spending probably two-thirds of my time on revenue sides of the commercial aspects and probably a third of it on back of office stuff that supports the commercial side of things. Um, in terms of the recent acquisition, I mean, we are we are so happy for you know our founder, Dr. Bernie Mullen, and what he built. Um, I mean. We were named the best company to work for three years or three times, um, and that's, you know, in his example. And, and in, going back to business school, a lot of the things that they taught us about organizational development, I already knew through my training with Bernie, which was really kind of satisfying to me. Um, but yeah, on May 2nd, we closed the deal with uh, Playfly Sports to um, join them. Great company. We've had lots of fun, a lot of learning, a lot of talent. That's doing a lot of cool things, a really unique value proposition that we're excited to hit the marketplace with, um, both on the professional and the collegiate, even the high school level. So that's been fun. We're only 10 weeks in, so there's a lot of learning. Um, but those that um, are palms up and lean into the learning are really thriving. So it's been a lot of a lot of new, fun, good experiences. And I can't can't wait to see what it to look like a year from now
0: yeah no doubt i'd love to hear that man like i said it's aspirational for me to you know be able to to speak with people like yourself who are really living proof of kind of owning their own professional development and you know not letting it kind of be dictated by others i think there's certainly a play in um having that support having that leadership around you that can help guide you and help you get to where you want to get to maybe before you even think that you're ready right i think that's a, a huge huge part of development is You know throwing yourself in the deep end and and learning to swim rather than kind of you know slowly um paddling your way to to get there um i think it's something that a lot of other people will be thinking about and and can be and should be thinking about as well as how do they really kind of own that professional development piece and you know what the kind of things that they need to do to, to get there so a question for you chad how do you think that i guess people similar to yourself or other individual individuals in the industry can identify those career goals and aspirations to help guide their own professional development journey.
1: Yeah, great question. I'm so glad you brought it up. I mean I think the thought that comes to my mind is that people expect too much of their employer as it relates to professional development and they don't expect enough of themselves as it relates to their professional development. So own your professional development. I think if there's one thing I'd like people to learn from this conversation is own your professional development. Anything you get from your manager or your company, consider gravy. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily I need to go spend six figures and get an MBA from an Ivy League school. That can be, hey, I'm spending 20 minutes a night um, studying my craft. Uh, Listening to a podcast like this, I'm driving home. Instead of listening to sports radio, I'm listening to Samir's podcast because I know that that's developing me. That could be, hey, I'm out at a restaurant. And I'm studying the waiter or waitress and understanding what he or she does service-wise that I can then take back when I'm working games and events. So it's not inconveniencing yourself, but it's being intentional about yourself. And I think the biggest separator that compounds throughout years year is the people who put that five to 15 minutes in themselves day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, when they're in their 10, 12, 15 years in their career, they are lapping people that are not doing that. Um it's like interest; it just absolutely compounds. So, um, my encouragement to people is: own your professional development. That means different things to different people. And that means different things as you get exposure to different things, and be grateful for anything you get from your company. Consider that added value. Yeah. Um, Love that. It's just too. It's it's too. Your personal professional development is too important to outsource.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I I can speak to that very very clearly chad there's you know recent thing for me in terms of you know i'm always looking doing different things and how can i better myself in in everything that i'm doing and as everyone should be doing and it's funny that you mentioned the, the example of you know listening to a podcast when you're on your drive home or your commute home and one thing that i've always been i don't to say bad with but I, I love listening to music right so if i'm on the way to work on the way from work i'm listening to a new album i'm listening to my favorite artists you know new mix whatever it might be and something that I've recently realized is a lot of the time I'm just cycling through the same songs half of the time I'm barely even listening to the music you know I'm on my phone I'm catching up on emails I'm you know catching up on messages and recently I've started listening to the um the SPJ uh Abe Madcore podcast um yeah, podcast. That that. yeah. that's, that's the one yeah um so started listening to that every morning and you know the, yeah. the little things that you then pick up from that that kind of help you in your day-to-day you've got industry topics that you can be speaking about and you know that's just one small example of something that has helped me to, to kind of you know professionally develop myself and something that hasn't come from my boss hasn't been dictated to me it's something that you just kind of make that conscious decision as you said uh to get there um i think Part uh, of I mean,
1: the, the thing I, I found too about like listening to audio books or podcasts is when i do listen to music it sounds so much sweeter (laughs) yeah a
0: hundred percent yeah a (laughs) hundred percent you you almost take it for granted a little right because you you listen to the same songs all the time so that when you hear them there's nothing as exciting about maybe when you heard it the first few times but i think uh, uh, the biggest thing that at least in my opinion that a lot of people will come across is naturally there are a lot of obstacles right there are setbacks life happens sometimes and when these things do take place it's difficult to kind of find yourself back on the road how do you in your opinion stay motivated and and resilient during some of those challenging times that may put you off track slightly
1: yeah i mean life is hard life is a team sport it's better with it for sure but inevitably in a 40-year career bad things are going to happen to you right you're going to get Unexpectedly or unknowingly let go from a job, you know, uh, and get blindsided. It happened to me. And that it, is it, how, how it works. That's that's life sometimes. Yeah. Um what I would say is this is a lot of times when we're disappointed or flustered it's because things don't meet our expectations. Um I think it's great to have really high expectations of yourself and have manageable expectations of others. Um, and I've developed that philosophy through. Um, now, I like to work quick. I like to work fast. I like to be responsive. I like to read an email once and get it and respond to it. What I've learned is if I get an email once and I don't respond immediately and I think about it for two or three or four hours, my response is usually different as I give myself more space. I'm going, yeah. oh, that's why they are asking that question. Or it's in the back of my mind, I'm going this in addition to the question from the question is this, that sort of right. thing. Right. Um, but speaking to resilience, I think it's just one thing that helps me is my personal board of directors. That's one thing the MBA class said is build yourself a personal board of directors no differently than a publicly held company. Like, you know, Bob Iger's got a board that he needs to manage. I've got a board that I need to manage. People that don't look like me in terms of ethnicity, uh, location of living, beliefs, skill sets, etc. But I found um, that speaking to people who care about me as a person can provide me thoughtful feedback um, that's useful to me so if i'm complaining about something very rarely will one of those people um, join in and say yeah you know what samir is a a jerk he's not doing his job or whatever they'll say how could you communicate in a way that samir would understand um so they provide thoughtful questions that um, put the responsibility in my hands yeah at the end of the day again the challenges are what makes life fun um no life is perfect by any means um but my 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 mantra kind of uh, tattooed on my chest not literally but tattooed on my chest from my manager is control what you can control yeah. and so um, i've quickly learned by you know reporting to him for the last eight years that um focusing on things we can't control is just a waste of energy yeah yeah love that
0: um you spoke a little earlier in, in the conversation chat around um a mentor of yours or, you know, a coach of yours who'd recommended obviously go into to business school and you know, you've you've seen the the immediate impact as to what that's done with your role now and how that's unlocked new responsibilities for you as a result of that work. What role do you think mentorship, I guess, in, in a general world um plays in owning your professional development? Because, you know, I completely agree you should own it yourself, but I think seeking guidance from those that have been there and done that will only help you get there quicker right
1: or you have clarity you know or more, more enjoyable too you know speed doesn't always matter and i think a lot of times that's kind of the lure of linkedin is that speed does matter and the people who can manage the ego and um, not worry about what it looks like on linkedin yeah. seem to be happy and fulfilled so i would say is this my, my biggest question with mentorship is when people come to me and say chad i don't have a mentor I can't, I, just, I, I need a mentor. That's why I'm not getting promoted. And my return serve to them always is this. Why aren't you worth mentoring? Right. Um, people love to mentor. People love to help. Um, you. Know, so I always turn it back and say, what are you doing that's preventing people from wanting to mentor you? Are you not communicating back? Are you not ethical and moral that, that's providing? Are you not meeting them in a time that's convenient for them? Is your, your, your feedback... Not too persistent, you know, that sort of thing. But people want to mentor, people want to help. I think the mentees a lot of times need to own the responsibility of finding the right cadence and the appropriate modality of doing it. Um, One thing I love, too, is about mentorship is I think a lot of times people think mentors are the people who you, you call every week or every month and spend time with. Sometimes a mentor can just be somebody you meet one time that gives you a piece of advice that changes everything yeah you know so i think a lot of times there's everyday mentors people you sit next to in the airplane you know can be a mentor even for an hour that sort of thing so i guess i'd say mentorship makes things better and faster sometimes but more likely enjoyable be worth mentoring and then realize that mentorship can come in all forms
0: yeah i'll be honest It's a po- i've never really thought about it in that way um In the sense that, you know, people have this idea of a mentor and it's someone that you go to, as you said, when you need advice or you need uh, guidance. Uh, So just having that piece of advice that maybe resonates and sticks with you for a while is is a form of mentorship.
1: Well, Um, I think this too, Samir, is that um, there's mentoring and there's role models, right? right, Somebody can listen to your podcast and you can serve as a role model for them and they can never even know you, right? Right, Because they they know you through hours of interaction and um, your online persona i mean i love what you post on linkedin it's so helpful uh for our industry as a whole you're a role model for people who don't know you you know so i think um a lot of times when people are working to find mentors they can also do themselves a favor and find role models like so role models are people we would like to emulate or yeah. aspire to do in our own way but we don't necessarily need to have a two-way relationship with them
0: right 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 spot on um I think there's also that piece of you know you speak about the a lot of it coming from the men i think there's that piece of understanding that no matter how great of a person or a professional that you are no matter how successful you've been having that mindset and the approach to always wanting to develop and always wanting to challenge yourself what can i be doing better okay you know great i smashed my quota last year i hit 200 of, percent of my target that can very easily get to a lot of people's heads um and you've probably seen it i'm sure you've seen it over the Course of your career where I've experienced it. I'm yeah, guilty. It happens to all of us, right? It happens to all of us. You have a, you have a great moment or you you close this great deal when you've broken this record, and, and it happens so often that it's so important to then at times you know rein yourself in, bring yourself back to okay, well, what were the steps I took to actually get here? And am I currently implementing those steps to get me to the next level, or am I just resting on on the success that I've I've recently achieved? So you know i completely agree with you in the sense that it's got to come from the mentee rather than expecting that guidance to come from somewhere else or someone else mm-hmm. um another i guess just a, a recent thing i say recent thing last few years we've all seen a big change in in the way that we work and you know a huge rise of remote work not just since covid but you know in the few years before that it's introduced digital collaboration it's introduced new ways of learning and working it's almost strange these days if a business doesn't have or offer some sort of remote working in today's market. How do you think that that has impacted the landscape of professional development? And you know whether that be creating positive opportunities or more challenges, would love to get your thoughts.
1: Mm. Well, I think one of the biggest advantages from having a hybrid culture or, or work from home culture is save time on um transportation, you know, right, transport. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so I think, you know, I've known some people who are, don't work from home, but still take a half hour walk and they're listening to podcasts or they're repurposing that time and speaking with a mentor, reading a book or printing off LinkedIn articles and reading them, that sort of thing. So I think, yeah. um, you know, I think one thing that, you know, our COO, Craig Sloan at Playfly said is, you know, he took a different perspective when, you know, Our company is a hybrid culture, so three days in the office, two days remote. As he said, he took a different philosophy, and he said, um, Mm -hmm. we feel so passionate about having people in the office, at least part-time. That's our fiduciary responsibility to entry-level employees, so you can see a role model. You can see somebody who's had 20 years of experience. You can develop a relationship with somebody you normally would not have over a water cooler, over a lunch, over a meeting, over a hallway conversation. Yeah. so, I mean, the, his point was basically that the professional development happens better when there's some in-person work. But in terms of a landscape, you're right. I mean, as we talk to entry-level individual performers, uh, one of the first questions they ask is, you know, is there a work-from-home option or what, what's the policy on that? Um, yeah. I think one thing that we've seen, too, is that people that are in relationship-building roles, so a lot of times revenue generators, prefer at least a hybrid or, at least a, or a full-time option to work from home. Whereas um, those who support those who generate revenue you know, and finance HR roles, et cetera, much prefer the opportunity to work from home because um, their job can dictate it. So it's interesting. Um, I'm impressed with how the sports industry has changed. I remember reading an article in actually Sports Business Journal. Um, uh, there's a gentleman uh, from SeatGeek who was a longtime executive in the NBA. He, uh, it was like 2014 or something like that. He became a sports business general journal 40 under 40. And the, one of the questions was, um, what's one thing the sports industry needs to do a better job of? And this was 2014, I believe. And he said, be as good as the tech world is in working from home or hybrid working environments. And so he was, he was eight years ahead of all of us, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, so the point confident. was, you know, um, uh, it's important to evolve as a landscape changes and those who lean in to change the best, reap the most benefits. Right, right.
0: Um, Chad, any final words of wisdom or advice that maybe you'd, you'd be looking to offer to those that you know, are really looking to take charge of their professional development, are trying to give themselves a more conscious effort of, of doing better for themselves?
1: Yeah, I think the, 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 the parting shot I'll have is this, is that as it relates to your career, and as it relates to professional development, having a flourishing personal life is good for your career and good for your professional development. So don't don't um, forget how impactful your happiness outside the four walls of the office impacts what you get to do in our beautiful industry here. So in addition to owning your professional development, I'd say own having your personal life be flourishing as well. Your career and your development will thank you.
0: Couldn't agree more man can agree more a happier person means a happier work life as well so Chad it's been a pleasure uh I think for anyone listening there's no doubt there that there are uh, tons and tons of uh advice and guidance that, that people can take from this um like I said man it's been a pleasure having you on um for those who you know are looking to maybe learn a little more from Chad knowing him personally he's a great guy and someone who's always open to, to networking and um building relationships whether that be personal or professional so I'm sure he'll have no issues with people reaching out. And um yeah, like I said, man, it's been a pleasure having you on.
1: Thanks for carrying me this this last half hour. Appreciate you.
0: <laughs> no problem at all. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh tune in next week for the next episode.